Hello, and welcome to the 20th episode of Inside the Brain Of, where I'll interview a movement specialist to get inside their brain and try to understand how they incorporate neurokinetic therapy into their approach to patient or client management. My name is Eric Nelson. I'm a board-certified sports chiropractor and NKT instructor. If you're listening and you're not an NKT provider, hopefully this podcast will give you some insight as to what NKT is and how you can utilize it to help your patients or clients. Make sure you check out my Facebook page, the Inside Your Brain Facebook page, and also note that these podcasts are available on iTunes. Now, uh, before we uh, get started into the interview, and I'm very excited about my interview tonight, uh, I always like to throw in a little something extra, maybe some advice or something NKT related. So I have a couple things I wanted to uh, briefly chat about. And uh, first thing is I always, the first thing I do in my level one classes is I always welcome the new students to uh, the incredible NKT community because it, it really is an amazing, any, it, unlike anything I've ever participated in, uh, as a result of the scholars page uh, that David has set up, uh, I've got friends all over the world now, and it's, it's pretty amazing, and, 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 and people from all different professions, and everybody respects each other, and it's just very helpful. I've learned so much, and I continue to learn so much from each of the NKT um, uh, pages, uh, and again, as an NKT once you take an NKT class, uh, you are entitled to go to the NKT uh, Facebook page and participate. And, you know, anyone from old practitioners to new practitioners are encouraged to ask any question they have. And the reality is we've all had these questions, so it's nice um, uh, putting it out there and seeing the responses you get. And it's pretty amazing. Like I said, I learn something new all the time. But, one, again, the, one of the biggest things that I like about it is just how friendly and nice and wonderful this community is. Um, just last week, uh, I was uh, privileged to receive a batch of cookies from Jamie Francis, and that uh, made my uh, my week there. It was it was amazing. They were amazing stuff, and hopefully one day you get to try her cookies as well. Um, and then I taught a level one class last weekend in Michigan, where I was openly embraced by a wonderful NKT practitioner Sean Kitzman and his wife Melissa. Uh, it was at they were just wonderful people and um, Joseph Schwartz came up to assist and uh, Valerie Caruso came up from Florida and surprised Sean and we just really had a wonderful uh, weekend spending time together and I felt like I felt like I've known these people for forever. I mean, I've interviewed Sean and Joseph before, and I spent a weekend at Anatomy in Motion, two weekends with Joseph before, and and, and, and Valerie was in my Level 3 class, and I had never met Sean before, so it was nice uh, finally meeting him in person. And I just we just all felt like old friends, and it was just a very uh, awesome environment. And my other assistants were incredible people as well. Uh, it's just so neat meeting these people in person and just – such a welcoming community. Again, I've never experienced anything like it, and hopefully everyone will join us at the symposium uh, next year, and uh, we'll all meet in person, and uh, it, it's just looking to be a, a great time. And like I said, I, you will not be disappointed. These people are just genuinely good people out to help you. It, it, it's a pretty amazing community, and we have uh, David uh, to thank for, for, commute, uh, for c- creating this wonderful thing. So please, um, again, 
participate on the forum, send people messages, get involved, meet some people, network a little bit, and uh, you won't be disappointed. Uh, in fact, I had a question uh, today that I uh, reached out to Val and spoke to her on the phone and I great, about my daughter, and I greatly appreciate it. And um, like I said, just a truly amazing community. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about, and it's something that I've seen a bunch this week, and is one of my favorite muscles to consider uh, when looking at a patient. Uh, and it, I, I see it a lot, and it's one of those muscles that patients usually don't realize that they have an issue with until you palpate it and they jump off the table. And the muscle I'm talking about is the flexor digitorum longus. It's such an important muscle. Um, in fact, one of its functions is that it controls the anterior displacement of the center of mass during the propulsion phase of gait. And that's kind of important. So if your core is not functioning properly, your FDL, your flexor digitorum longus, might be overactive to try to stabilize. So when you see people in a single leg stance and their toes are really gripping uh, out of the ordinary, the FDL is definitely a big muscle to consider. Um, I've seen it commonly uh, compensating for an inhibited or, or, or downregulated to psoas, and glute max, and transverse abdominis. Um, so those are just some of the key players. Uh, Rexem, I've seen it often. Uh, and again, a lot of these people present with knee pain or even some hip pain or even lower back pain because they don't have a stable core, and a lot of times the FDL is a culprit. Um, the FDL, a lot of people don't realize, is also a supinator. So I know we talk a lot about this in level one when evaluating a single leg stance. Uh, we talk about the importance of supination. So another muscle to consider is the FDL. Either it could be inhibited or it could be overactive. And again, it's, it's, it's a big one to consider. But do yourself a favor and palpate it on your patients that have knee issues or even lower back issues or even any issue. Uh, it's very easily accessible from the medial part of the shin. It's right under the, the tibia in front of the calf. So you just can slide your thumb in there and I'm telling you, um, you'll get some people jumping off the table. But it's a, it's a really important muscle uh, during gait uh, and also to stabilize uh, the core. Like I said before, uh, anterior displacement of the center of mass during propulsion. That's kind of important. So if someone's walking during gait and, and um, transverse abdominis is not working, there's a good chance FDL is compensating for it. And we, know, we all know how important the transverse abdominis is, and I spend a lot of time teaching that and spending time reviewing that in my level one classes. So please, look at the FDL on your next client. See if maybe that is, is, is one of the, the linchpins that you're looking for. Excellent. If you have any questions, as always, feel free to send me a message on Facebook or send me an email to CairoRehab at Hotmail.com. Again, check out the Facebook page. Uh, but if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, please know that the reason I started this is because we have so many incredible practitioners from all different professions that utilize this technique. And I was very curious about how they incorporate MKT into their approach to patient management. In fact, I remember um, one morning when I was getting up thinking, geez, what would Thomas Wells do in this situation? And I was like, you know what, I'm going to give him and send him a message. And I was like, you know what, I bet there's at least 100 other people out there that would be interested in what his answer would be to the question. So I came up with this idea to do this podcast, and I've gotten such 
great positive feedback. Uh, this is my 20th episode, and I, I'm very excited about that, that I've made it this far, and I'm still excited about doing it. Uh, I have a list of people I'm, I'm going to interview or I'd like to interview. Uh, so um, if I've told you before I'm going to interview you, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm trying to figure it all out. Um, it, you know, it's exciting, but it, it does take a little time to put it all together. If you're interested or you have someone you'd like to see on the podcast, again, please send me uh, a message and, and let me know. Um, you know, and if you have any constructive criticism, I'm always up for that. I think I've worked out the uh, the sound issues uh, with this. Hopefully, uh, they, I have. I am aware that you know a bunch of the first ones the sound was off. I'm not quite sure why. I've switched up phones. Hopefully, this one will be on par. If not, I apologize and I'll try to fix that again. Um, you know, so tonight I'm very excited for uh, this interview. Uh, I'll be interviewing a massage therapist uh, who uses multiple assessment and treatment approaches to help his clients. He always had some incredible cases. Uh, hopefully we'll talk about this tonight. Uh, he's always posting videos on some of the advanced pages, and it's just amazing to see the results this guy gets. In fact, I was a TA in his level one class, and um, and um, yeah, he, he he's an interesting guy. So I've been um, I, you know, he assisted me actually uh, when I went out and taught in Denver, and he's just a brilliant guy. And um, in fact, he on our next Denver class, uh, uh, me and him are going to be co-teaching the class. So I'm very excited tonight uh, to get inside of the one and only Noah Drucker. Hey Noah, how you doing? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? I am doing wonderful. So, uh, lots of good questions for you tonight. Um, first of all, uh, I'm, I'm very interested in your background. As always, I like to know where people, you know, how people got here, where they come from. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, you know, where you went to school, what you were studying, and, and that whole thing. Sure. Well, it, it was a pretty roundabout path for me. Um, <laughs> this is not what I envisioned myself doing early on. Uh, yeah, I went to uh, I went to college at Notre Dame and um, was actually studying economics. So I got my bachelor's degree in economics and uh, have never used that degree <laughs> to this day. Uh, it's a very expensive piece of paper that I do not use. <laughs> so that 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 was sort of how I got started um, in my formal education uh, was you know in a field that's totally unrelated. Um, I was actually a, a walk-on football player there um, at Notre Dame as well, and uh, let's see, I was there in '96 to 2000. And you know, quite honestly, um, just really had no idea what I wanted to do with myself, and thought, well, I'll, I'll get something that's um, pretty broad and, and general, and and not pigeonhole myself. And uh, I, I don't know where that plan got me, Eric, but that was my plan at the time. <laughs> <laughs> reasonable sounds reasonable, definitely. So, um, what yep. did you? So, once when, once you graduated, uh, what was the next step there? Well, uh, gosh, let's see. I graduated in 2000. Um, thought I was done playing football, uh, but but couldn't get rid of the bug. So, um, about six months later, found that I had some eligibility left, and ended up enrolling in grad school uh, in graduate school at the University of Northern Colorado. Um, started there, uh, pursuing a master's degree in sports psychology. And uh, played one season uh, of Division II football after my time at Notre Dame. Um, had a great time doing it. And then uh, towards the end of that season was approached um, by some scouts for the Arena Football League and encouraged to uh, 
to try out. So I did, um, had some success, and uh, that's that got me started on a, a, a brief uh, and uh, not so glamorous career in the minor leagues of football, um, the Arena Football League. But it was it was an amazing time. Um, you know, it was a dream come true for me to be able to do that. I, I was not one of these guys that ever felt I was destined to play uh, professional football in any form. So um, it was a real treat for me. So so I did that for about five years. Um, bounced around. I was in, uh, geez, I was in uh, illustrious cities like Bakersfield, California, uh, Wichita, Kansas, you know, all the, all the big metropolitan <laughs> areas. Um, <laughs> uh, Let's see, I was with, uh, I was in Nashville, I was in Los Angeles for a while, I was in San Diego, LA, so I bounced around, um, had a good time doing it, uh, but eventually just realized that, um, that I was done. You know, I had, uh, I'd gotten to pursue my dream as, as far as I could and, uh, you know, woke up one day and went, you know, I, I think that's it, I'm ready to move on. Um, I was 28 years old at the time and just kind of ready to get into, the next phase of my life at that, uh, life at that point. Um, but one of the things that made me comfortable doing that was that I had put so much time and effort into researching uh, nutrition, training strategies, et cetera, uh, you know, in an effort to, to better myself as an athlete that I eventually realized I had fallen more in love with uh, the science behind physical preparation than, than I was with, with football itself. Um, so I retired. Uh, moved on and uh, went back to grad school, um, changed my focus and ended up getting, uh, went back to Northern Colorado and ended up getting a master's degree in biomechanics there. Um, in about uh, about a year and a half, I did that. And went from there and, and, and took that and uh, was hired as the director of performance development at a physical therapy clinic um, down in Colorado Springs. So, so I jumped right into what I felt was going to be uh, my field for the rest of my life. I was, you know, very much in love with uh, the performance development side of things, with athlete preparation, uh, with the sports science behind that. Um, so that was when I got into this field and I got into uh, the movement side of things. Um, I was only down there for about two years, and things weren't just moving in the direction that I had hoped. It had become sort of a, a soured um, kind of relationship there with uh, with some folks, and decided it was time to move on and. Uh, of course, made the logical jump from director of performance development uh, to director of admissions at a Catholic high school. So, uh, <laughs> big, big U-turn for me there. Uh, I had a, a good friend, actually, a, a former teacher of mine, uh, and then and then colleague as well. During my arena football off seasons, I went back to my old uh, high school Brophy Prep in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, all boys Jesuit school down there, uh, to teach uh, teach English in my off seasons. Had become friends with uh, you know a lot of my old teachers and and this particular gentleman was uh, hired on as uh, uh, the principal at one of the uh, big Catholic schools here in town and asked me to come up and be his director of admissions and it was perfect timing I was looking to get out so I went up and did that um, was at one school uh, for three years and then actually followed him across town to uh, the big rival Catholic high school and was director of admissions there for a year. Um, and, you know, all, all during that time, I, I was enjoying it, but I knew that that was not my future. Um, I was not destined to be a high school administrator. Um, and, and so I had actually started taking uh, uh, preparatory measures uh, to move on from that. And, you know, I still remember to this day where I was sitting, um, 
and the conversation I had with my wife when I said, you know, I really relied on ART a lot um, when I was an athlete. Uh, I have a lot of background uh, in anatomy and movement. You know, I, I really think I could be an ART provider and went online, found out that you could do it as uh, you could take ART certifications um, as a massage therapist and in pretty short order, I, I ended up enrolling in massage school. That was, uh, that was 2009 um, that I enrolled in massage school. And then immediately, um, even while I was still enrolled in school, began taking uh, some ART certs. So, you know, that was my original intention with all of this. I got started. Uh, I was ART gung-ho all the way. Um, as I mentioned, you know, it, it really uh, quite literally saved my career on a number of occasions. Um, with a couple of really bad injuries that I had and, you know, the soft tissue wear and tear um, playing professional football. And I thought that's what I was going to be doing for, uh, you know, for the rest of my life exclusively. And, and uh, turns out that was, that was just the beginning. <laughs> it got a lot bigger shortly after that. Yeah. Now um, go back to ART. Um, who, how was your exposure to that? Where, where did that come from? Actually, um, uh, I, I like to tell the story. Um, because for those who know who are ART certified and know uh, Dr. Michael Leahy, the developer of ART, of course, ART is so well known around the country uh, now, and you know Dr. Leahy is a little bit of a of a legend in in our field. So, so can you go back and talk a little bit about your uh, initial exposure to ART? Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's actually a funny story to tell. Uh, now, just because of how how big ART has become and, and how well known a brand it is, and then uh, of course Dr. Dr. Michael Leahy, the developer, uh, has himself become so well known and uh, you know is a you know, frankly a bit of a legend in in, in our particular circle. And uh, I found him back in it was uh, 2000 um, that I found him. I had suffered a shoulder injury. Um, and had been evaluated by an orthopedic surgeon who examined me for five minutes and said, well, we need to do surgery. And, you know, even back then, before having any of the information I have now, um, that just didn't sit well with me. I thought, you know, I don't, I don't buy that a five-minute evaluation is enough of an excuse to, to dive right in and cut me open. Um, maybe there's something else out there for me to do. And I remembered reading an article uh, about this soft tissue technique um, that a lot of athletes and bodybuilders uh, were using and getting good results with. Managed to dig up that article, um, read through it. It was, of course, with Dr. Lakey, and then saw at the bottom that he was based in Colorado Springs, just, you know, an hour south of me, and thought, wow, perfect. Uh, drove down. Um, he worked on me for 15 minutes, uh, took me out into the gym floor, and, and I bench-pressed pain-free for the first time in four months. And I went, okay, <laughs> I'm sold. <laughs> uh, so that was my first exposure to ART. Um, you know, it was it was literally a 15-minute fix uh, for something that an orthopedic surgeon had wanted to, uh, to do surgery for. Um, <laughs> so from that point forward, um, that was 2000, and I, I played football since 2006. Uh, I relied on ART regularly. Um, you know, it, uh, it, it like I said, it, it really kept me playing and, and saved my career on a couple of occasions. Excellent, excellent. So um, when you finished uh, massage school, what exactly did you do? Did you go into your own practice? Did you work with someone? Well, uh, as I said, I, you know, I had started taking ART certifications uh, even while enrolled in massage school. So 
I, I finished massage school and um, built a home office. Uh, my, my wife uh, knows her way around uh, a tool belt far better than I do and uh, <laughs> built me a, a, a nice home office. I'm not afraid to admit that. Um, built me a home office, and I started seeing people out of my home. Um, I think that lasted about a month before I was able to justify getting into my own space, um, where I still am to this day. I simply have, uh, I rent uh, two rooms, uh, was originally one room, and, and now I've got two rooms in a Pilates studio. Um, so, I mean, I, I did it the old-fashioned way. I, I, I searched Craigslist, found somebody with a room, and, uh, you know, moved my stuff in and, and waited for people to show up. Uh, you know, and quite frankly, I've been, I've been very blessed. Um, I've, I've done very little marketing. Um, you know, thankfully, ART is a well-known brand. Uh, I just moved in, uh, put up a web page, uh, got myself on the ART uh, provider web page, uh, you know, made my services known to, to just a handful of people, and then kind of let the referrals start building up. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's been pretty nonstop ever since about my gosh, third or fourth month. Um, in business, of course, not coincidentally, uh, things really picked up uh, after doing NKC1. And when I began incorporating that, uh, it was about a month after that that my my business hit uh, full stride. And, you know, I, I really haven't looked back since then. Nice. Now, when you, I mean, obviously doing ART as a massage therapist is, is, is different than just doing regular massage. I mean, did you do any regular massage or were you purely ART right from the get-go? I, I I did early on. You know, I always I always knew what my goal was. It was to be an ART provider, um, not not a traditional massage therapist. But you know, you open up a business and uh, people want to give you their money, and, and you do you do what they want, <laughs> right. and it, that was fine. Uh, I was I was fine with that. And so you know, early on, yes, it was um, you know probably fifty fifty uh, traditional massage and ART. Uh, but all my marketing was geared towards ART. My website was ART-driven. You know, I did obviously advertise that I that I perform massage. But you know, even when people came in for massage, um, you know, I would spend an extra 10 or 15 minutes at the beginning of sessions doing ART work on them uh, to get practice for myself. And you know, because because it works. Uh, and what people really want is is relief. Uh, a lot of times, they think they just want to lay there and, and get a nice rub, but uh, you know, that feels great for an hour or two, uh, and then they stand up and they walk out and, you know, two days later, all their old pains are back. Um, you know, when you can take those away from people, uh, whatever the format is, um, then, then you've got a client for life. So I just started doing that early on. But, um, you know, again, I, I, I was fortunate that, that I had that direction from the beginning. I know one of the things that you read a lot about on the scholars page are massage therapists who have been in business as massage therapists and have full schedules with massage clients, and then they take NKT and their eyes are opened up to all of the possibilities, and they say, this is what I want to be doing. And then they've got to figure out how to transition from a, a full schedule of traditional massage and convince people, well, there's this other thing, and, you know, it's not going to feel as good while I'm doing it, but it's going to feel a lot better after. And, you know, and they're rightfully sensitive to the fact that that doesn't really go over well with people who are paying you for a massage. So, and my advice to them would be um, to, to do as I've done, uh, and, and if they really if they really want to make that transition, uh, you know, you're going to take a little bit of a of a financial hit, um, 
by reducing the, the number of sessions you do, uh, maybe extending them, throwing people some free time. Nobody says no to, hey, I'm going to work on you for 80 minutes instead of 60 minutes, but we're going to do some of these other things because I think it's going to help you. Um, and, and practice their skills and, and convince people. And, you know, you make a couple of MKT corrections before massage and they hop up, up, hop up off the table and uh, all of a sudden their hip flexor works and their, their gait has straightened out or, you know, the, 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 the pain in their, in their ankle is gone or whatever it is, um, that sticks with people. Uh, you know, quite frankly, even the testing sticks with people. Um, I mean, I remember early on winning a lot of people only, uh, excuse me, uh, winning a lot of people over uh, just by finding an inhibited iliacus and, you know, touching the opposite iliacus and all of a sudden, you know, their, their strong hip flexor works again and they're going, oh my gosh, how did you do that? That's amazing. It's voodoo. It sticks with people. It sticks with people, but you've got to you got to give yourself a chance to to put some of that time in with them. Exactly, and that's something I've um, picked up from talking to other massage therapists. Um, I interviewed Marissa um, Macias on a previous episode, and that's basically what she said. When you start getting people better, um, you'll attract those people that want to get better, and and they'll seek you out, and they'll want you to do NKT or ART or or whatever you're doing to help them. So yeah, that, that's 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 great advice, and I know. Um, the listeners will definitely appreciate that. Now, did you ever did you ever do any training with people too, like you know lifting weights and stuff? Were you were you? I know you did the performance mm-hmm. stuff, but do you still yeah, do not, that at not all? Since, or? I, I I don't not not since I transitioned out of that. You know, I may have done maybe half a dozen sessions when I when I made that transition. And and again, when when you're unemployed, uh, you know, and <laughs> trying to make something work. Um, you know, I'll, I'll provide whatever service I'm qualified to provide that people want to pay me for, um, even though that wasn't the direction I wanted to go. Right. So I, I did I did a short handful, but but that was it. Um, right. As much exactly. as I love that field uh, early on, uh, it's just not where my passion is anymore. Um, you know, I, I don't think about it. I don't I don't study it. Uh, you know, my attention is firmly on uh, you know uh, corrective manual therapy. Excellent. Now, how did you find NKT? Well, uh, divine intervention is probably the best answer. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the, the, more, the more complete answer is that, uh, like, you know, again, I, I had been in business for not long, um, two or three months um, at most. And, you know, I had built up a decent business. I was, you know, I was seeing... 20, 25 people a week doing doing ART sessions, um, you know, enough to stay afloat. But and I was getting good results, but I just had this nagging feeling that I was really, really missing something, um, and I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. But you know, you, know, you get these people who come in, and you, you know, you you start doing ART on their upper trap, and it's like doing ART on a cinder block. Um, mm-hmm. They walk out the door, and they're no better, and, and your thumb uh, feels like it just got hit with a hammer. You're going, okay, I'm missing something here. Uh, there's something else going on. This is not getting us anywhere. And uh, as I was starting to realize that, um, you know, just, you know, again, purely coincidentally, divine intervention, whatever you want to chalk it up to, uh, a buddy of mine who owns a CrossFit gym um, sort of linked a third-party blog on his website, and it was this CrossFit athlete, a uh, female CrossFitter, talking about, the modalities that she used to keep herself healthy. And one of them was ART, and went, of course, and the other one was NKT. And I went, okay, what is this? Uh, read through her description of it, uh, 
um, clicked over to the web page, uh, watched David's intro uh, video, uh, closed that browser, opened up um, Priceline.com, uh, <laughs> bought a ticket to, to New York for, for level one. I mean, it, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. That's literally how it went. Um, I read that and immediately went, this is it. This is, you know, I, I hate to be that guy, but this is the missing link. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, quite quite literally. So, yeah, that, that's that's how it happened. It, you know, and I, I actually saw on the webpage, this was probably, well, you were there. I think this was like March, maybe. And uh, mm-hmm. there, was, there was scheduled to be a, a level one in, in Denver in October. And I went, there's there's no way. I'm, I'm not waiting. Um, there was the level mm-hmm. one in New York that, 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 you know, later that month in March. And I dove right in. And uh, that's where, of course, I met you and uh, met David Weinstock for the first time and all sorts of great people. And, you know, had that, uh, that epiphany that uh, we all know and love so well now when, uh, you know, David uh, – does his thing and, and starts demonstrating what NKT is capable of. And uh, I mean, that, that opened up my eyes and again, I, I haven't looked back. Yeah. It's, it's amazing when that happens. And while we're talking about David in your first class, I always like to tell my students when, <laughs> when we're talking about the, um, the fact that some, some built muscular person just because they're strong doesn't mean they're stable and you get them on the table and their uh, transverse abdominus blows out. I love telling people yeah. that you were, <laughs> you were that guy. <laughs> I, was, I, I was that guy. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. David. Thank you. David Weinstock. Uh, that was, that was just the beginning of my, my humiliation with, with MKC and therapy. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been great because I think to an extent we all fool ourselves and, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I've been training as an athlete my whole life uh, and then as a bodybuilder later in life. But, you know, you play professional football for five years. You train for bodybuilding shows. You, you know, you convince yourself, yeah, I've got this figured out. And then, you know, a skinny little Jewish guy knocks you out uh, <laughs> in five minutes of your first 1KT class. And, yeah, it's an eye-opener. So, <laughs> um, but, but, it's, but it's been good. You know, <laughs> I can't. I can't hide from from my issues now, and 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 thank God for that because, yeah. and I'm sure you see the same thing, and, and all of us do. We have these people who come in, and you go, dear Lord, where were you 20 years ago? Uh, you're too late. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you know, it's those again, it's those 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 folks who they've been locked up for so long. They're they're kyphotic. Their their upper traps are like cinder blocks. Um, you know they they can't they can't flex their hips. They've got joint degeneration. Uh, you know they haven't moved right in 20 or 30 years. Uh, and then the pain finally gets bad enough, and they go, "Well, let me let me go in and get this fixed." And you go, uh, "Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I, I mean. I'll give it my I'll give it the old college try, but I'm not sure how far we're going to get with this." Um, and I realized I was walking down that path, uh, and MKT was a big mm-hmm. part of that. Uh, you know, so I've had to take a step back. And say, you know, uh, you know, it, am I finally big enough? Am I finally carrying enough muscle mass? Could I, could I maybe back off the bodybuilding and, and, and learn how to move again um, and get my transverse abdominus to fire? Uh, see if I can stabilize my lumbar spine. Uh, you know, halt the degenerative process that that C5 and L4 and L5, and you know, ensure that I don't become one of these clients that that have been so, uh, you know, so so techno. 
but also so critical of um, for not taking care of themselves earlier on. So, yeah, it was a big wake-up call. Yeah, definitely. Now, when you um, first were learning uh, NKT, um, you know, can you share with us maybe some of your struggles and, and how you overcame them? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I think I had the same initial struggle that probably everybody does, which was simply trying to grasp the concepts um, because as, as simple and straightforward as it is for us now, having been doing it for a couple of years, you know, and you don't even have to think about it. A lot of it's autopilot. It's, it's such a paradigm shift when you first learn it. It's so difficult, difficult to, to wrap your mind around. And then by the end of that class, you know, NKT level one, you go, okay, yeah, this makes sense. I've got that. And then your first client walks in and, and you just completely go blank. <laughs> and you go, well, uh, okay, here we go with some ART. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's dive right into that. So, you know, it, it's that, I guess it's just a struggle of, of uh, self-confidence, you know, quite honestly, and, and being willing to, to look like an idiot for a minute. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's no other way around it. You're trying to learn the feel of the test. Is that a lock? Is that not a lock? Wait a minute. Is, this is weak. Do I, do, I, do I touch the weak muscle? Or where, where do I touch again? And how do I, what, what's a therapy look? Uh, never mind. I'm just going to do some ART. Um, you know, you've got to put yourself in that situation uh, and expose yourself to that, that moment of freezing uh, and be willing to work your way through it. Um, again, I was, I was fortunate that I had ART. Um, had become proficient and it was having good success with it. So all I did was I just extended my sessions. I, I went from 30-minute ART sessions to 45-minute sessions and said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screw around with MKT for 15 minutes. And if I find nothing, I'm simply going to pretend like it went exactly like I wanted it to go. Uh, and then I'm going to do some ART and, and, you know, give them some relief because I know I can do that. Um, and so, you know, I just worked through that, that phase. Um, that was that was probably the hardest thing, you know. And, and once you once you get through that, then it's just a matter of I think just expanding your knowledge base, and you're going to continue to run into stumbling blocks. And you're gonna you're gonna master the foundational piece, and you're gonna fix a lot of people, and then you're gonna start seeing the same issues pop up over and over that you can't resolve. And you're gonna go, okay, what the heck am I missing? Um, and the answer is you're you're missing NKT level two, <laughs> and then you're gonna go take level four. And, and you're going to come back, and all of these problems that seemed unsolvable are all of a sudden going to unwind. You're going to go, great, now I've got it. Uh, and then you're going to start seeing all kinds of other problems uh, that you can't resolve. You go, what am I missing? Uh, there's got to be something else. And the answer is yes, it's MKT3. Um, and, and, and it just goes like that. Um, you know, I, I think one of the other things that I struggle with that I know many people do as well is you, you want to fix everybody, and you want to fix them in one visit. Uh, and that's the downside, I think, of having a tool as powerful uh, as NKT, ART, PDTR, um, you know, these tools that I use. Uh, there are times when you get these miraculous results, uh, and, and you really become sort of addicted to that, and you go, boy, I mean, when I, when I find the right stuff, this is, this is miraculous. Um, they, they can't all be like that. Uh, you know, you've got to be okay with that, too. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Um, when you were learning NKT, any what, what particular resources did you use to help you? Did you, uh, you know, the scholars page? Uh, did you have any mentors you kind of gravitated towards or anything? 
Well, I, I was uh, I was glued to the scholar page, um, scholars page, um, from the moment I got home from level level one. Uh, that that's been the most invaluable resource um, that I could have ever dreamed of. Uh, I know you're an ART provider, and um, there is simply nothing like that in, a, in the world of ART. Uh, as you mentioned in your intro, the community aspect of what David Weinstock has created is, I think, just as valuable as the techniques themselves. Um, so, you know, I was on there from day one, and just like in my office with clients, I did not worry about looking like an idiot. Uh, you know, my my standard operating procedure was to do a session, make notes in my head about every stumbling block I ran into, um, sit down at the computer, use the search function, see if anybody else has talked about it. If not, ask the question. You know, you're you're never going to get this stuff solved if you're not willing to raise your hand and say, I don't get it. Um, and you know, if you haven't done that, you're fooling yourself uh, <laughs> because nobody just gets it. Um, it, it. You know, it, it takes a lot of help from from other people, and, and they're there to help you. And the scholar stage was instrumental in that. Um, I mean, as far as specific individuals, um, you know, certainly, certainly David, um, Thomas Wells, uh, you know, who, whose name I think everybody has mentioned, and um, you know, I have a picture of him next to your picture on my hope chest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's uh, you know, one day I hope to be one of the big kids. Um, so he he was another one, uh, and he was you know willing uh, and able to offer whatever advice he could, um, which is incredible when you when you actually begin to understand just how much Thomas Wells knows um, that he was willing to say uh, try piriformis to glutes. Uh, <laughs> um, that's a big deal. Um, you know he's. He's been fantastic. Um, so he was one. Um, you, of course, at the, the level at the level one as an assistant, and then communicating with you after, and the videos that you've done, and your presence on the forum as well. Um, Jamie Francis, of course, um, who I'm convinced has some sort of uh, NKT Scholar app installed in her brain that, that allows her to be the first person to respond or like uh, whatever new post has popped up. Um, I don't know how she does it in between raising a family and baking cookies and running study groups, but she does. Um, you know, and, and she's been instrumental as well. Um, you know, she's been a physical therapist for you know, the better part of a decade, I think. And you know, there's there's a lot of people on there with <laughs> with incredible backgrounds. And as I've mentioned to other people, uh, and as I distinctly recall uh, mentioning to my family on a number of occasions, it just blew my mind early on coming from the ART world that that I had instant access to some of the brightest and most accomplished therapists in the world, um, that I could simply jump on Facebook and have these people respond to me and help me and answer my questions and be willing to Skype and, and do all of this. Um, you know, it was just, it was incredible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I relied on them. Um, you know, I, I owe my development to all of the advice that, that you and all those others have provided. And, and, of course, to just, you know, being dedicated to reading through the scholars page. I read it from start to finish. And uh, that's a lot harder to do now. <laughs> uh, a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago, it was an easier task. But um, yeah, so that's that's what I use. Excellent, cool. And um, you know, obviously, and I, I again, I say this in, in all my level one classes, and you know, because you know, I don't know why anybody would think otherwise, but NKT is just one tool 
in the toolbox. It doesn't answer every single question or solve every case out there. I mean, it gives you a lot better results than you probably were getting. But again, there's 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 a time and place, and there's times when it, it doesn't work. So, um, what other techniques do you use in your toolbox on a regular basis? Sure. Um, well, as I mentioned, uh, ART. Um, but uh, you know, it's interesting for a guy who got into this um, with the idea of being a full-time ART provider. That's probably the technique that I utilize least at this point. Um, I do utilize it. Uh, if I do, it's at the end of the session to do some cleanup work. Um, you know, NKT uh, and and TDTR uh, are the two big foundational pieces for me. Um, NKT made my business. Um, you know, NKT is is what got me to where I am. Um, it's what opened my eyes to all of this and uh, you know, continues to be an incredibly valuable tool. Um, but you're right, uh, as powerful as it is, you go through NKT level three and start fixing all of these complex problems and go, you know, this is this is incredible. I can't believe I can do all this. But even with that, then you start seeing these other things just don't resolve. And uh, and and that's where uh, that's where for me at this point now PDTR comes in. Um, it's uh, it's difficult to describe. <laughs> it is uh, it is encyclopedic um, in its detail. Uh, it is it is incredible, and the idea that that, that one man uh, develops and researches this uh, is simply mind-boggling. Um, you know, Dr. Jose Palomar is the the developer, and when you when you begin taking these classes and and learn all of these techniques, which are just extraordinarily complex and detailed. Uh, to think of, of, of one man coming up with the idea behind this and executing it and doing the thousands and thousands of hours of clinical research to, to back it up and be able to say, you know, this is this is a nervous system law. Uh, we have enough data now to, to say this is a law. This is how this works. Um, is mind-boggling, um, and it just it, it, it allows for uh, you know a lot more versatility. Um, you know, to use the cliche, if, if NKT is a is a broadsword, then uh, PDTR is, is a scalpel. Uh, I still start my sessions with NKT. Uh, I look for, for big picture patterns. I begin to identify potential facilitators, potential inhibitions, etc. Um, and, and when I do, I then dive in PDTR uh, and and get down to the the nitty gritty uh, of what is actually causing those dysfunctions. So, for example. Take a classic NKT relationship, um, you know, QL to iliacus, uh, for example. We're able through NKT to determine that um, QL is facilitated, uh, the iliacus is inhibited. We don't know why. Uh, we just know that's the reality. We, we go in and we spend some time doing some release work on the QL. We activate the iliacus, and then we give home exercise programs to reinforce and to to uh, to train the motor control center to to, to make that that correction permanent. Um, where PDTR comes in is again, I'll use NKT to find that relationship, and then PDTR gives you the power to determine the exact specific type of sensory receptor in the QL that is in fact the facilitated uh, site. Uh, you know, it, it is not, you know, the QL is not facilitated. That specific receptor or, or grouping of receptors is what is facilitated. 
and the PDTR solution is, is different depending on what type of receptor it is. So, uh, you know, on a basic, you know, kind of most basic level, uh, is it a muscle spindle that's facilitated? Uh, and if it's a muscle spindle, is it a nuclear bag or is it a nuclear chain muscle spindle? Depending on which one it is, you then know what to look for uh, in the iliacus. Um, and, you, and so with, with PDTR, what you're doing is instead of pairing muscle to muscle, you're pairing receptor to receptor. Um, when you get down to that precise of a level, what you're then able to do is use the PDTR techniques to reset those receptors, and then that correction becomes permanent. So the real power, um, I think, of PDTR is on getting that scalpel out, figuring out exactly what that source of facilitation and, and inhibition is, and then making a permanent correction. And, and then the client uh, is not required to actually do any motor control reprogramming. Um, that change is locked in, uh, you know, unless there's some sort of structural deficit or just like we have in MKT with PDCR, there are levels of priority. So there may be another dysfunction somewhere that, has, that is a higher priority dysfunction over that one that has the potential to recreate that dysfunction. But uh, you know, at its at its core level, when you when you make that PDTR correction, um, that that dysfunction is gone. Uh, it's simply no longer there, and there's no need to do any any home exercise. So, so it's it's incredibly powerful. Um, and again, as with as with MKT, just kind of opened my eyes to this uh, this uh, great new world of um, of therapy, uh, what the possibilities are. Uh, so it's 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 been it's been pretty cool to work through that. Awesome, excellent. And um, any other techniques that you utilize? Uh, yes, um, thank you. So uh, the other, probably the other biggest one that I use is um, anatomy and motion. Um, uh, Gary Ward uh, and Chris Ritherin, uh are two of the most phenomenal human beings I've ever met. Um, and you know, I would add them to the list of uh, of mentors uh, of mine, certainly, and, and people who've been instrumental in, in helping me open my eyes and and see what the possibilities are and uh, become an immensely uh, improved therapist um, under their tutelage. Uh, can't say enough good things about those guys. And, you know, again, just like with, with these other courses, you, know, you think you've got it all figured out, and then you find somebody who has a different approach, uh, who's, getting, who's getting it done a different way, who's getting results that are, uh, you know, equally as impressive as the ones you're getting using a different technique. You go, okay, what's, what's this all about? I... <laughs> I, I want some of that, <laughs> and and that's what it was with anatomy and motion. Um, again, same kind of thing. When when I heard they were coming over to the U.S., you know, I I didn't even hesitate. I, I bought a ticket and I was in. So, um, learning under those guys, learning, um, you know, as a massage therapist, you you work by palpation, uh, which is a fantastic skill to have, and I think gives massage therapists um, a great advantage that, that other others might not have because they they do have. Um, you know, so much awareness in their in their fingers. Um, and so what AIM helped me do was step back from palpation, look at these larger movement patterns, and begin to make, you know, uh, educated, more educated uh, predictions about what was happening in an NKT scenario. So, you know, you learn, you learn to watch a gate and pick up where the missing pieces are in the gate uh, and know which muscles are associated with that specific phase of gait and what they're supposed to be doing. And you can watch somebody walk and say, that guy's, his, his right scalings are never turning off. 
they're cranked on over time. Um, they're not shutting down. He's never shifting in to use the office and scalenes. That's where I'm going to start with my NKT work. Um, and NKT immediately became infinitely more powerful for me when I began implementing uh, the AIM protocols and and using gate assessments. And boy, I, I had a lot of fun with it, man. I, I I was taking before and after videos left and right and posting them on. I, I couldn't believe what was happening. Uh, you know, people come walking in with with these atrocious gate patterns and. You do an assessment and you do your NKT corrections and you you integrate it with um, some of the anatomy and motion movement patterns and you have a walk again and it's like you're looking at a new person. Uh, it just absolutely blew my mind. So I still I still utilize that. Um, again, for me, it's about utilizing anatomy and motion to begin getting ideas about what's happening with the system as a whole diving into some NKT work um, to begin refining and kind of corroborating that, that evidence and saying, yes, I, I, in fact, it is the left scalings, you know, working for the right scalings or the right SCM or, or whatever it is. I've used NKT to confirm that. And then uh, doing the more in-depth analysis with PDTR and saying, oh, okay, it's, it's actually not a muscle splinter dysfunction. This is actually a nociceptive dysfunction um, between the, the left scalenes and, and the right SCM, and, and then making that clear permanent, and then uh, re, you know retesting what was inhibited, and you know confirming that you get a lock, and standing them back up, and watching them walk again, and going, okay, you know this this person can now move his head into lateral flexion in, in both directions, and is not stuck in right lateral flexion of the cervical spine. Um, you know, there we go, we did it. So uh, I'm still ironing out that process. Um, you know, I, I don't. I don't have it down. Uh, yeah, it, you know, depending on what I see based on history, sometimes I dive right into PDTR. Um, sometimes I start with anatomy and motion. Uh, sometimes I start with with NKT. Um, you know, one or two sessions a month, I get somebody who comes in and and um, you know, they're they're mouth breathing so heavy. I'm I'm afraid they're going to hyperventilate, and I go. I got to teach this person to breathe for a minute, and, and I use some restorative breathing techniques. Um, you know, so you, you, you kind of learn to trust your instinct and you know your skill set, and use your eyes and your hands, and, and uh, you know, you've, I think you've got to be fluid with your processes. Uh, you know, that's certainly what I've learned. Um, because every time I think I've got it down, I learn something new and realize I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's that's funny. Well, you know, I always, you you know, talking about your videos, I mean, you do get some freaking crazy cases to come your way. I mean, that one where a person, you know, couldn't walk, but on their knees they could walk. I mean, where where do they come from? I don't know, man. If you figure it out, let me know. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have no no idea. Um, You know, there's a few people that I... Uh, you know, I whine to in my more desperate moments. I'm going, can I please just have one person walk in with lateral epicondylitis with, with the sensors and just flexes in their back? Just, just one. That's, That's all I want. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I've joked around with people. I don't know if it's something in – it's the lack of oxygen at that at, at, uh, 5,280 feet. Uh, I don't know if it's the Pilates studio that I work in with, with – the screeching instructors uh, and all of my clients sit out in the waiting room being, being bombarded uh, <laughs> with all of that before coming into my office. 
Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. If it's, I don't know if it's the way my face looks, Eric. I don't. I, I don't know. I just know. Uh, I don't know. I just know that that as my um, as my knowledge has expanded, as my skill set has expanded, sure enough, uh, the people that 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 have dysfunctions that that require that skill set are finding their way into my office. Um, you know, at, at this point, um, you know, I, I, I checked with a few others to do PDTR. And, um, one of the things that you'll see and, and learn to assess for with, with PDTR is um, this concept of global facilitation. And I remember just when I was doing mm-hmm. MKP, getting in touch with Thomas Wells, and this was actually my, my first introduction to the idea that PDTR existed. I said, Thomas, I've got a 65-year-old woman. Um, she's had three cervical fusions. Um, she has no range of motion anywhere in her spine. She's 50 pounds overweight, and I can't find a damn weak muscle anywhere on her body. What the hell is going on? There, there has got to be something wrong here. And he said, yeah, she's, she's globally facilitated. And I said, what is that? <laughs> what does that mean? Um, and it's basically being in a state, um, I don't know, a state of lockdown. Uh, where you've got a dysfunction that's revved up so high, so aggressively, um, that the whole nervous system has, has seized up, uh, and, they're, and, and the muscles literally are incapable of relaxing. They cannot shut off, and you will not find a single weak test anywhere on somebody who's in that state, um, no matter how much reciprocal inhibition you use, um, you know, relational, uh, sorry, relational inhibition, relational compensation. You're not going to find anything. They, it doesn't exist. And so in PDTR, you, um, you, know, you have some techniques to, to address that. Uh, prior to taking PDTR, I, I think I maybe had two or three of those ever in you know, a year and a half. Uh, Eric, I get two or three of those a day now somehow. Oh, man. <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I, don't know, I, I don't know what it is. Um, and, and I have a tendency to get <laughs> really frustrated, which doesn't help. Uh, you know, but I, I work through, um, you know, again, it's, you trust the skill set. Um, you, you, call, you, you call in backup, which I do on a regular basis. I'm on the PDTR forums to the same extent that I am on the NKT forums. Um, I called Jamie Francis in on a Skype tonight um, because I was, I was stuck. I had another, I'd seen a, a client twice and had gotten absolutely nowhere with her, could not break this global facilitation. And, you know, brought Jamie online, and she saw some things that I wasn't seeing, different set of eyes, and, you know, an hour later, worked our way through the problem, and, and uh, you know, this client was on our way to feeling much better. So I don't, I don't know what it is. I just know that it happens, and, um, you know, uh, if, if, you're, if you're a faith-based person, uh, I think it's easy to just take a step back and say, you know, the, the people who need me are being provided uh, for. Um, they're showing up in my office, and, you know, what else can you ask for? Um, nobody, nobody else. Nobody else is solving global facilitation, so I, I'd rather they come see me. And you know, if I have to fight my way through uh, six global facilitation cases a day, which is not unheard of for me, um, you know, so be it. Uh, so yeah, I see. I see some crazy stuff. I get. Yeah, I mean, I get funky gates. Um, I get some of the craziest gates you have ever seen. Um, you know, where <laughs> you, you watch somebody walk and you go, that can't be real. Um, and you just want to, you want to grab them and look at them and say, just, just stand up straight and walk normal. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, but you know, obviously we know that's, you know, that's not what's going on. There's, there's serious dysfunction happening, but 
um, you know, that stuff didn't show up before Anatomy in Motion. And then all of a sudden, I, I took Anatomy in Motion and learned a little bit about gait. And again, I, I, I get uh, I get a lot of these complex cases, um, it, you know, and, and that's okay. Uh, as long as I'm helping people, that's that's all I want. And if it takes me the full session to figure out why they're in lockdown, what's ha- what's happening, and there's a lot of layers to peel. Um, uh, I'm, I'm okay with that, um, but it's it's part of why I'm so driven in in my continuing education. Um, you know, I, I want to be able to help those people. Uh, I don't like not having answers for people, um, and and it's I think it's born in part out of my own frustration over the years with a lot of the pain that I've dealt with. Um, you know, and you know, you 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 have intense back pain you've been dealing with for ten years, and you know, if one more person tells me to try Pilates, I swear I'm going to go postal. <laughs> um, Pilates is wonderful; it is not fixing my back. <laughs> you know, there's there's something else going on. Um, it's not yoga. I don't need to stretch my hamstrings. Just stop. <laughs> You're not helping. Um, you know, I, I want to be able to help those people. Uh, that's my that's my biggest passion. Um, you know, I want to be the person that 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 people can come to and say, you know, I've I've been to everybody and nothing has worked. Do you have any ideas? And to be able to say, yeah, I've, I've got some ideas. Um, I don't know if I can, you know, I don't know if I can help you, but let's let's give it a shot. Um, I can guarantee that I'm going to do some things nobody else has done, and maybe it can provide you some answers. Excellent. I like that a lot. Um, so speaking of that, um, what does a new patient visit look like with you? Well, um, you know, it's a it's a detailed uh, health history, and uh, you know, again, a huge shout out to uh, Chris Ritherin of, of Anatomy in Motion. Um, he was the one who came over Skype with me and, and worked with that that young man who was was unable to walk, um, and uh, spent 45 minutes taking. The history from him. Uh, the actual corrections that got him walking again took 15 minutes. Um, it was 45 minutes of detailed health history uh, and Chris's unparalleled detective mind um, that allowed us to, to zoom in and and you know dive right into to, to where, where the problem was actually located. And instead of you know, uh, spending all kinds of time screwing around with things that, that, that weren't part of the problem. Um, so I take pretty detailed health history, which, which I know a lot of people do. And then again, it's, I think, um, a lot of it is instinct. It's using your eyes and your ears. Um, the, the anatomy in motion and using gait analysis, again, provides huge clues. Um, you know, a basic once-over with NKT of, uh, you know, of, of the deep front line, uh, as, as a standard procedure for me, um, we'll, we'll provide you with a lot of information. But again, I think you've got to be willing to be flexible. Um, you know, I, I might have somebody come in complaining of, uh, you know, uh, shoulder impingement syndrome, um, and I'm sitting there taking their health history, and they can't look at me with both eyes at the same time. <laughs> they have to pick an eye to look at me with. Uh, Guess what? I'm, I don't care how bad your shoulder hurts. I'm starting with your eyes. Um, so you know, you've got to look and listen and touch. Um, and you know, I think be willing to, to trust your instinct uh, a lot too. And uh, you know, a lot of times uh, I haven't been able to offer an explanation of why I've started where I've started. Um, I just go there and trust that there's a reason for it. 
and that all of the training I've done under people far more intelligent and experienced than I am uh, has provided me with, with enough uh, of a knowledge base and, and enough instinct to, to just dive into that and not be afraid to do that. So, um, you know, it just it varies from person to person. But, um, again, in that first session, I'm doing the health history. I'm going to do gait analysis. I'm going to do a lot of palpation. Um, you know, that's we, we, we lovingly refer to Thomas Wells as the uh, the emperor of palpation. Um, <laughs> he is harping on that all the time, and for good reason. Um, you, you find the most restricted tonic tissues, and there's a really good chance you've you've found uh, a major source of whatever whatever's happening in the system. So, uh, so I do all of that, um, and then I, I get them on the table, and I just I just start. I pick a place, and I start, and and I, you know I use my eyes, and my ears, and my instinct, and let it lead me, um, you know, wherever it may. Now, having said that, um, one of the things that I've noticed is uh, a bit of a love affair with uh, making the exotic connection in, in NKT. Um, which is really cool when it happens, especially when it happens and it and it and it, it fixes the problem, uh, you know. And you get this exotic relationship, and somebody feels better. Um, you know, I I remember early on in MKT, I I had a guy who uh, came in for knee pain and was scheduled for uh, surgery two weeks later, and I started doing my MKT testing, and there wasn't a single muscle anywhere in his left leg that worked. Um, I went, okay, <laughs> this is a problem. And he said, you know, uh, every time I swim, I get a cramp between my two small toes. Does that tell you anything? I said, uh, I don't know. Let's find out. Um, and therapy localized the, um, the dorsal interosseous, and uh, every muscle in his left leg turned on. Um, I did a two-minute ART release on that. Uh, he walked out in no pain and canceled his surgery. <laughs> so, you know. Every now and then you get something crazy like that. But um, I think there's a danger in that we become obsessed with that and forget that, you know, if somebody walks in with elbow pain, you should probably touch their elbow at some point. Um, that's, that's a good bet. Uh, you know, uh, Perry Nicholson is, is big on that. You know, where's the pain? See if it's a facilitator. If it's not, great. Spread out. Use your skill set. Do your NKT assessment. Figure out what's going on in the big picture. But... Um, I can't remember who said it. Somebody somebody posted a while back a story about a client who came to them and them with neck pain and said, "You know, I've been to four therapists for neck pain. Not one of them has touched my neck. <laughs> That's a problem." So, you know, I think we get we get obsessed with these exotic connections and these really cool skills that we have, and you know, well, everything starts at the core. Well, yeah, the core is probably involved, but you know, if your elbow hurts. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on your elbow. I'm gonna work on your wrist extensors and flexors and your biceps and triceps, and then move up into your into your shoulder and your you know your uh, your middle trap, um, and maybe up into the scalenes and the SCM. But I'm gonna start at your elbow. So that's again for me in a first session. Um, I'm doing these big picture assessments, but when I start treating, I, I treat the area of pain. Um, you know, that's that's how I operate. Excellent. Cool. And so, um, you know, we've been talking about PDTR and, um, you know, David has um, um, definitely made a relationship with um, uh, Dr. Palomar. And um, can you tell us, well, first of all, why don't you tell us what PDTR stands for? I don't know if we talked about that. And then also uh, tell yeah, us about I mean, some of the upcoming courses. 
sure. Uh, so PDTR is uh, proprioceptive deep tendon reflex, um, which is not the most marketable term, but uh, the results are marketable, and, and that's what counts. But you, know, you have clients come in and say, what does that stand for? And you rattle that off, and you know, they just go blank. So, <laughs> um, so proprioceptive deep tendon reflex. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm ecstatic um, that uh, David and, and Dr. Jose Palomar have um, established a relationship. And, you know, I understand that uh, there are some folks that have mixed feelings because they're starting to hear this buzz about PDTR and say, well, I, I want to take that course and I, and I want to take it now. There's, you know, there's one coming up in Chicago, which, which I understand um, because that's the way that I am. Um, I, I was lucky that my progression got me through uh, NKT3, anatomy and motion, where you learn to use a lot of big picture assessments, um, and that I had that background before stepping into PDTR, because I'm telling you, man, it is it is no joke. Um, day day one and two of that course, you had some incredibly successful, extraordinarily bright individuals sitting there with their eyes glazed over, completely lost, having no idea what the hell just happened. Um, <laughs> It is. It is not. Um, it is not your average course, uh, and and I think that um, there's probably a little bit of misconception about um, how the course is utilized. How the it's it's very clinical work. It's hands on. You know, I had a couple of Pilates instructors say, you know, is this something that I should do? And I said, no. You save save your ten thousand um, dollars. If you're not licensed to touch, this is not going to do any good. You know, whereas MKT. You can do some muscle testing and then and then work with movement to make these corrections. You can't do that with PDTR. You've got to be licensed to touch. It's it's entirely hands-on, clinical based, um, and it's extraordinarily detailed and extraordinarily complex. So, um, I, I think it's good that there is uh, essentially a prerequisite um, because it's going to ensure that that people have the background and are setting themselves up for success with that technique if that's the way they want to go. And it, you know, it's it, to me, it's it's not the way everybody should go. Um, you know, I really want it to be a, a hands-on um, clinical therapist. Um, a lot of people are more movement-oriented. Uh, you know, Gary Ward has managed to do just fine without PDTR, um, utilizing anatomy and motion and NKT. Uh, the stuff works. You know, I, I built my business on NKT one. Uh, it you know, it, it it corrects a lot of problems. So. Um, I think it's important that uh, that people be prepared for it, know know what they're getting into. So I, I'm excited about it. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for people that want to go that direction. It certainly uh, is is a is an eye opener um, to say the least. And um, I think the future is pretty cool uh, with those two having teamed up. I think it's going to mean um, you know it's going to mean uh, the, the 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 best people are doing the best work in in both fields. Um, so it's pretty cool. Excellent. Cool. Good stuff. Um, so there's a class coming up in Chicago, you mentioned? There is. Um, I don't have the exact dates, um, but uh, Marissa is in charge of uh, scheduling, well, not scheduling, but coordinating, I should say, um, and folks can get in touch with her uh, on the Scholars page if they have uh, questions about that. Of course, this would be uh, on the, the Master's page. Um, with, with NKT3 being the prerequisite. Um, so for those that are on the master's page, um, you can look on there, get details. So that's coming up next spring in Chicago. Um, 
And then at roughly the same time, um, may even be overlapping, I know that uh, uh, Rob Kavanaugh uh, of Anatomy and Motion is uh, uh, me, hosting one in London as well at the same time. Excellent. Cool. I've heard rumors of others um, potentially in the works, but um, you know, those are the ones. So, you know, if if that's the way you want to go, um, you know, uh, get, get into get into NKT3. Um, everybody's got their own track, uh, and, and that's fine. I, I certainly get that, but you know, I also can't help but at times, um, you know, wonder what people are doing. Uh, you know, spending a year in NKT1. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's just part one. You know, you're missing part two and part three. And as powerful as it is. That's not the whole story, um, and I think that if, if folks are becoming locked into just doing NKT1, um, whether it's out of fear of being well enough qualified, or I, I don't know what it is, but um, I see so many people that have been doing this for so long and have not moved on to level two or level three, uh, and they're making a mistake. I mean, I, I hate to, <laughs> you know, I hate to be that guy and just throw it out there like that, but they're making a huge yeah. mistake. You don't, you know, you don't, I you don't master. Yes, yeah. you just you don't you don't master NKT one until you take NKT two. I don't care how long you do level one. You have not mastered level one until you take a level two. Um, and you have not level two. You know, we're uh, we're winding down here. It's been a great uh, enlightening conversation. I'm very impressed with your your background and your passion for learning and wanting to help your 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 patients and clients here. I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing stuff. The cases that you see are amazing. And again, your dedication is amazing. I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, to teaching with you um, in the spring out in Denver, uh, one of my favorite places in the world. So uh, very yep, excited about that. Definitely. Uh, you have anything yeah. else you'd like to say as we close up here? Uh, no, other than, uh, yeah, li- likewise, Eric, I, I'm ecstatic. Um, be able to, you know, step up and, and uh, you know, be able to do this work with you um, for that upcoming class. Um, you know, it's, it's an incredible opportunity for me, and I'm extraordinarily flattered by it, and uh, I love it. Uh, we're going to have a blast. I can't wait to do it, and, um, you know, see, see what happens from there. It's, it's exciting um, to see what MKT has done, you know, in the, you know, 18 to 20 months that, that I've been doing this work. Um, you know, the, the participation, the, 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 the total population on the scholars page has tripled. Um, there's, a, there's a nice buzz about it going, and uh, I think it's pretty exciting to be, uh, to be riding this wave right now. It's pretty cool. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. Um, very exciting. Uh, as I wrap up here, I just wanted to give special thanks to Jamie Francis for putting together some of the questions uh, I utilized tonight. Um, she is definitely a, a gem, and uh, if you don't know Jamie, you should reach out to her. She's an absolute sweetheart and just an in- incredible all-around person. Uh, I just wanted to Eric, thank Eric, everybody. Eric, who doesn't know Jamie Francis at this point? <laughs> yeah, I guess if you're listening to this, you probably know who she is. Uh, well, being, hopefully you'll get a chance to try some of her cookies because uh, – you know, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, just to close up here, I just wanted to remind people I'll be teaching a level one in Arizona uh, in October. 
uh, as well as in Atlanta. In fact, the Atlanta class is almost at full capacity. So if you're thinking about taking it, you better get signed up as soon as you can. I'll be teaching up at Seneca Falls, where New York Chiropractic College is in November. In December, I will be back in New Jersey. Uh, I'll be with Noah out in Denver uh, in March. And then um, I'm almost uh, finalizing Charlotte in April. And fingers crossed that I will be in the Netherlands uh, next October. So again, uh, thank you for joining me here on episode 20. I'm so excited that I made it to 20, and I'm so excited that I had Noah as my uh, guest for number 20. So as always, your feedback is appreciated. So feel free to email me at CairoRehab at Hotmail.com or connect with me on Facebook. Uh, make sure you check out the Inside of the Brain Facebook page. Uh, and also check out uh, uh, the podcast on iTunes. Uh, Thanks for joining us tonight, and I will speak to you soon.